Yeah. All right. We're on. What's up? I didn't. Today's been a, kind of a shit show, so I didn't really prepare a starting off strong. But I always have a little a baby locked and loaded, you know. <laughs> I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. I don't even know what the next line in the song is, but. Well, I don't know what's worse. Like. <clears throat> You not having something prepared or the fact that all the ones you've done before have been prepared? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, that I, I, I when I say prepare, I, I mean, like, usually, like, I spend one minute in the shower thinking about the song and then <laughs> practicing it once. And then that's my prep. And I didn't really get that today because I was just feeling shitty all day. Um, what? Why were you feeling shitty? I just kind of down today. And then, like, I've just not been feeling good, like kind of my gut issues and stuff has been acting up so yeah I've just been kind of crazy i actually feel pretty good right now like i felt shitty most of the day but yeah so i didn't didn't have time good, to do you know we got you know we got we got to entertain you know you gotta get on right now yeah i compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave well michael mcdonald the seal a <laughs> Can you imagine him doing the a baby? <laughs> I want to hear him doing the. <laughs> he would just harmonize it. He would like beatbox. <laughs> How about him? And now, I mean, now that you say it, like I, I kind of do want to hear that version. I mean, yeah, it would be interesting. I'm surprised he hasn't done one. He's like covered every other song on the planet. Fucking Michael McDonald. When was the last time you watched the 40 year old virgin? I am going to blow your mind. I've never seen that movie all the way through. Well, I don't. <clears throat> I've seen know, like half of it. I don't give a fuck, right? Like, you don't need to watch it. Like, whatever. It's a, you know, you like Judd Apatow. It's a good Judd Apatow movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He, uh, there's a scene so these guys all work in like a uh best buy kind of thing and they, uh, yeah, yeah like an equivalent of a best buy and jane lynch is the manager mm-hmm. and she plays the same dvd every day yeah and the dvd is michael mcdonald live in concert <laughs> and there's a scene where paul rudd loses it and he comes to her he's like i just need to tell you that if you play this Michael McDonald live in concert DVD one more time, I'm going to lose my mind and I'm going to kill everyone in the store and then myself. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that reference in memes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's I didn't know it was about Michael McDonald though, but it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, look, I think, I think I like Michael McDonald more than you. Yeah. I think you probably do. He's like <laughs> I said, he's my nemesis. I like, appreciate his how ridiculous he is but he also annoys me (laughs) man we got a lot to get through tonight we do yeah uh this is i only like their old stuff the podcast where we ask the question what's the hype i'm jayho and with me is groove give me a shot (laughs) is that the new that's the new hey yeah give me a shot 
Um, hey, whores, why don't you go work another corner? <laughs> Summer was on fire this episode of the OC. Killing it. Oh, man. Let's killing. get through these shitty questions so we can talk about the OC. Yeah. <laughs> this is episode 145. And, uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, we got some we got housekeeping. I mean, we got all sorts of housekeeping. I mean, people and, and, and people are making memes now. Yeah, there was a little meme war that went back and forth. Well, I say war is two memes, but it's more memes than we've ever had before about the show. Felt like a war. Yeah. So, yeah. I was caught in the middle. <laughs> you were. So, you know, Grizzles, perpetual, like, trying to get number one fan person grizzles sends us i love i love how he's gone from like essentially anonymous listener to several time guest friend of the pod <laughs> forgot from number one fan now to <laughs> just being slandered yeah I, I mean don't get me wrong i completely support it i, I forgot that he was a guest on previous episodes i totally forgot yeah. he said it's the it's the it's the one guy looking at another girl while his girlfriend gets mad meme and yeah. it says some guy who listened to half of the last IOLTOS episode. And it says J Ho and Sidekick. <laughs> I yeah. love it. It's, sidekick. it's a dig at you. Just fucking digging yeah. at me. And then the, the, the girlfriend is the only two people that have listened to every single episode within a day of release. He's referring to himself, uh, Grizzles and Mikey, of course. Another thirsty dude, you know, Mikey as well. He's so not thirsty. Yeah, this is so thirsty for attention. They're just trying to get number one fan. So then I made one that was, uh, it says, Mom, can we get some number one fans? And then it says, no, we have number one fans at home. And it says number one fans at home. And it's Mikey and, and Grizzles in the picture. So, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it was a really good job of applying this podcast's uh, context to old and tired memes. Yeah. True. Well, I mean, it, it would make sense that we would use old and tired memes to. Of course, to, we don't like those new memes. So, I know what you know, Josh. You know, it's very like, you know, it's pretty. That's pretty whiny. But you know, he wanted to humble brag that he's listened. Him and Mikey have listened to every episode. You know, but you know, that's that's, what, I mean, that's the truth. You're not getting number one fan though. Um, and I know that the, they've they've see they've resorted to this tactic of trying to just hate to be number one. You know, hater. Not going to work either. Tied for runner-up, number one hater, Josh and Mikey, again. You're going to have to, like, you, you got to stop trying hard, you know? Criticizing me is not going to get you either one of those. You know? That that blatantly. Sidekick. <clears throat> Sidekick. <laughs> See, you should be more mad than I am. I'm not, they didn't really I, go hard at me, so... I rejoice in I rejoice in uh, fan communication. Well, there you go. If you, if you... And speaking of fan <clears throat> communication and yeah. rejoice, uh, <clears throat> my buddy Kyle up here in Rhode Island. Okay. He's, oh, he's the guy that took me to Travis Scott. Okay. Last week when we got off recording, he had called me earlier in the day. And then as we were recording, he texted me because usually if Kyle calls, I mean, unless somebody's dying, I'm answering the phone. Uh And then um, he texts, he's like, man, you okay? Like I called you a couple hours ago. You didn't call me back. And so I called him right when I got off the recording with you. And I was like, oh, sorry, man. I was recording the podcast because it's become normal for me to record. Yeah. Which has become like, I don't, I'm not as like 
I don't keep it a secret, but I ain't trying to tell people. Yeah, right. But I let slip, right? I, I, I knew that he knew that I had one, but I don't. I didn't think he had ever listened to it, you yeah. know? So I get a text out of the blue the next day. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker went back in, you know, started yeah. digging it. Because he's got the type of job where he can listen to a podcast all day. Oh, wow. So I don't remember what it was that he texted. It was something I was talking about on the show, like some movie I'd seen. And he yeah. just out of nowhere, he texted me, hey, man, I've seen that movie, too. Yeah. Where it was obvious right. that we hadn't. Yeah. You know, and and so get this. So Kyle and Cassie are married. Okay. And we'll hang out with them. You know, they're, you know, like I said, good friends. And previous week, last week's number one fan, Matt and Sydney are friends, too. And so last night I'm fucking driving down to I, I got to drive like 45 minutes to go play disc golf. Right. And I'm on my way back. And all of a sudden I have a text message from Matt and one from Kyle. And I think even one from Sydney, too. It was pictures of a television screen with the OC on it. (laughs) The four of them had gotten together. So Kyle's like, Kyle created this group text with Matt and him and me where they discussed last week's episode, you know, on the day of its release. I'm getting text messages from all sorts of people now. When's J-Ho dropping this? When's J-Ho dropping the podcast? We're dying to hear the new episode. I'm like, y'all don't even fucking tell me that because... I can't, I can't. I mean, the one thing I know is if I say to Joey, Hey man, when's that podcast coming? It's fucking never. Don't ever ask me for it again. Yeah. You know, you know, what's a good way to get me to not do something? (laughs) Uh, Ask me to do it. So here they're all hot to trot on the fucking podcast. And, and so, so Matt and Sydney added a profile on their HBO max account for Kyle and Cassie (laughs) to start catching up on the OC. That's great. And, and Kyle and Kat, so I, so I'm like, I'm driving home and I get these text messages. So I, I just pull off the highway and pull right on over to Kyle's house. Cause I, I knew it was on the way and I barge in that fucking house right in the middle of an episode of the OC and talking mad shit. And Cassie was like upset. She put it on. She wasn't upset, but she put it on pause. Cause I wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow. She's like, I'm really trying to watch this. You crashed their watch party. So Kyle and Cassie have been together since like, I think they're like freshman year of high school. Wow. And they watched the OC as it aired. Oh yeah. Wow. And then they, and then they had like, uh, they had the DVDs and they were like, yeah, this was our, like after high school, you know, like after school, we'd go back, we'd lay on a pillow, we'd eat snacks and we'd watch the OC together. (laughs) That's awesome. So I just barge in there, I'm fucking flooded with these all these, you know, all these kids listening to this podcast, watching the OC. I'm like, let's fucking go, son. Let's go. Right. It was episode two. Well, I watched the end of episode one with them, and then jammed right into the beginning of episode two, and then like, oh, you so know, they the were just the starting time. it. They had not been following the podcast. No, I mean, Kyle's here. Kyle's like a late. Kyle's listening like two episodes of the podcast. He's like, it's fucking great, man. Yeah. Fucking, I listen to guys. Well, basically the same thing. Matt said, like, I just listen to a couple guys talk shit all day. Yeah. I mean, that's some, that's participation. That's uh they're getting on the, on the ASC train where, where I didn't think it was going to be this popular, but you know, now we've got like 10 people watching. So, well, look, I mean, the OC speaks for itself, doesn't it? It does. We're merely the conduits. I mean, Bill ain't watching it, but. 
Bill, yeah, Bill. Come on, Bill. We didn't hear nothing from Bill this week. I did have a nice uh, little text message from Ninja T this week that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> Friend of the show, Trip. He said, who's asking? If anything, the lack of consistency of schedule is what makes IOL TOS unique. You never know when a new episode drops. It could be tomorrow, next week, or next decade. I don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It's, true. it's uh, referring to, uh, you know, uh, me posting the, the episode in a timely manner. <clears throat> I, w- I will say that uh, Kyle, last night, he was like, I don't ever want to see a picture of Joey. He's a radio personality to me. I've got an image of him. I've got an idea what he looks like, and I don't want to meet him. I don't want to see him because because that would ruin it. <laughs> well, not to put a picture in his head, but I do look like Brad Pitt. I get a lot of people tell me that all the time. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, a lot of people A lot of people probably told you that. It's like Brad Pitt with curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, so who is the number one fan out of all that? Well, I mean, you know, look. Not Grizzles. Okay. <laughs> well, we established that. I think we give it to Kyle. Okay. I mean, Kyle's, Kyle's gone the, back yeah. in, okay. and he's it, yeah. he's going deep into the archives now. Well, that's good. I mean, it might not be good. <laughs> like I said, no, it, it won't be. Don't tell me anything that happened in this podcast from five years ago. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to exactly. know. I don't want to hear and, any problematic shit that we talked about that... Hopefully. The thing is, I don't want to get a text message like, oh, yeah, what about this? I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like Matt texted me the other day about the decaffeinated coffee. Yeah. I was like, well, what are you texting me? Decaffeinated coffee. Is it all oh, you talked about your aunt and get the decaf coffee? I'm like, cool. It's like, <laughs> I don't know that fucking guy. And that's since we re-recorded. Yeah, it's like actually actually it was kind of sweet. It was real it's sweet. When, you know, when you get fans, they start to think that they know you. <laughs> these guys do know me <laughs> well i mean they don't know me i'm gonna give him your number go ahead dude. i'm gonna give my number <laughs> we should you know what we should do yeah we should start a discord server <laughs> yeah well, we, we we could actually do that we could actually do that um then i have to get it on my phone yeah, don't i yeah i have it on my phone yeah it's much better all right well let's look into that this okay. week yeah we could do that i would like to be involved in that oc discussion yeah right text message I'd, that'd be interesting um a oc dedicated discord server for those that are listening to iol to us and keeping yeah. up with the weekly what she wants to do that i mean i don't know can you imagine can you imagine ninja t hey, man. uh talking with people from rhode island yeah i could i could imagine that he'd have his mind blown yeah i haven't heard him talk about an episode in a while i wonder if he's behind or if they're watching it still i wonder way in ninja t yeah we'll send you the link to the uh, discord server yeah ninja t is like the first person to listen every time i put up the show so ninja t is also the first person to adopt the oc true yeah this is oh uh another thing uh shoulder surgery dan yeah he filled in you know we were talking about uh only the strong yeah that guy from Only the Strong was the host of Iron Chef. Oh, really? <laughs> what? Oh, are they? That's crazy. I never. I well, I I can't picture that dude right now. So, to be honest, well, but I know that I know who you're talking about. I can picture that dude <laughs> very right. well. Yeah. Looks like Brad his, Pitt. His his dance fighting is imprinted upon my memory. Yeah, Capoeira. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, was that all the housekeeping we had there? That's a lot. We don't know Bill. No Bill email this week. 
unfortunately. No Bill test. I mean, but. no show notes from Bill, but Bill is out in the ether sending us messages about the Warriors. Yeah, he was. He did. He did send us an in-depth message about the Warriors, one of our favorite movies. And uh, yeah, he, he was dealing with some some family emergency thing or something. So I hope that hope everything's okay, Bill. Yeah, shout out, to Bill. Yeah, shout out. We we're it's okay. You can take the week off. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get into this thing. What's the hype? Well, I I stepped on my own toes. I mean, what I have written down for the hype was the fucking OC watch party that I got to go <laughs> to last night. Yeah, but I have a I have a subgenre here. I have a kind of hype. Okay. And actually, this comes with Kyle and Cassie brought this up. Like uh, Mackenzie and I went over there, had dinner with them. I guess it was Saturday night. Yeah. <clears throat> they mentioned this thing called a sticker bomb. Which you can buy off of Amazon for anywhere from like seven to twelve dollars. Okay. You just basically you're you're buying a bag of stickers. Yeah, and you have no control over what's in those stickers. Yeah, yeah only yeah. how many stickers come in. Yeah. Have you done this? No, no, I have friends that have the. So they t- they brought it up, and I've got the Amazon app on my phone. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm buying this right now because I know I'll forget about it later, and I love a sticker." Yeah, I got a sticker bomb, and I think there were probably 150 stickers in there. Yeah. There's about five cool stickers. <laughs> yeah. There's about <laughs> the rest um, of like price tags and shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of it was like some of the cool stuff that was like, okay, so there were five cool stickers, right? Stickers where I was like, that's a cool sticker. I'm going to figure out where I'm going to put that. Right. Yeah. And then there's like probably 15 kind of cool stickers. Yeah. And then the rest of it was like, I mean, we what we did is we separate. Mackenzie and I got it. We opened that bag and we separated it out to like, oh, this can go to her nephews because yeah. it's like Looney Tunes and Disney and stuff like that. And then some of the stuff is like, they had a bunch of like bootleg type stuff, yeah. like bootleg Supreme stickers, bootleg like skateboarding brand stickers, and they're definitely bootleg, right? Yeah. They're like, this shit came from China. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to be mailing stickers out to a couple people, whatever. Um, but it was like, it was, it was like, what, 12 bucks. And we probably spent like half an hour sorting through these stickers. And, yeah. you know, put them, I, I found it eminently kind of hype. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, it's not the hype that you only got five really cool ones out of it. But I guess, I mean, it depends on how much you paid for it, I guess. But I'm sticker rich like, right now. I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm always sticker rich because I have sticker anxiety. So I have a box full of the coolest stickers that I've amassed my whole life that I'm terrified to put on anything. Well, let me tell you a couple things because I'm the okay. exact same way. Yeah. I say I'm sticker rich, not including the stickers that I have in a box. Right. Okay. I'm sticker rich because I'm about to spend the sticker money. All these like half shit stickers, yeah. like they're going up. Okay. Yeah. You don't. You don't care about wasting those. Exactly. I just so like, here's my here's my methodology with those stickers that I'm scared to put anywhere. And I'm telling you this, and you can take it and you can chew on it and you can see, you know, figure yeah. out whether or not it sits well with you. The fear of putting a sticker on something is that you're eventually going to lose that thing. Right. Yeah. You you put it on a car, the car is going to get sold or wrecked or whatever one day. Exactly. It's gone. Put it on. Like so I put stickers on things I know I'm going to keep for the rest of my life. Yeah. There's three things that I've been putting stickers on. Number one, file cabinets. Okay. File cabinets are born already. Yep. 
Okay. Put some stickers on that shit. You know that file cabinet's not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. No. Number two, home appliances. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a coffee grinder. It's a really nice coffee grinder from a company that doesn't believe in throwing the coffee grinders away. They they talk you through home repair. They sell all the parts for the grinder. You know, like I've I've called the coffee grinder people three times and they've talked me through the repair all three times. Okay. I'll put some stickers on there. Okay, because you're confident that it's not going to die on you completely. It's not going to die on me, no. Yeah, okay. I've had it for five years, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, dishwashers go bad and shit. So I don't I'm not, I'm not I'm putting it on a dishwasher. dishwasher. Okay. Really, the coffee grinder, because that's a smaller thing. It's a little yeah. bit more like idiosyncratic. Yeah. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, it's already a cool, it's cool. I like my coffee grinder. It's a fucking burr grinder. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got one coffee grinder that I'll be set for life in. Uh It's not going anywhere. I have my favorite sticker of all time on it. What's that sticker? It's um, a vertical rectangle. Okay. Probably five inches tall and three inches wide. Uh Uh-huh. It's got a picture of Napoleon on his horse. Uh Uh-huh. And on top of that picture is white text. It says, what's a god to a king? Or what's a king to a mob? Of What's a king to is, a what? What's a king to a mob? Okay. Which is a Frank Ocean line from one of the songs from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh, okay. Right? He says, what's, yeah. a, what's a... R- What's a what's what, what, a king to a mob? What's a god to a king? What's a king to a non-believer? Or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm I'm jumbling yeah. it up. You yeah, know what right, I mean? Right. But like I, 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 I love Frank Ocean. I love that. That's my favorite album. You know what I mean? Oh. Like that fucking sticker fucks. That's a good sticker. Yeah. And I see that sticker every single morning when I grab my beans. Well, that's good. And what's the third? What's the third thing that you put stickers? On? The third thing is the one that's a little bit more dicey. Okay. okay. So we're going stickers on the file cabinet for life stickers on the on the uh, home appliance or something around the house that you know like it's only for you right like nobody else uses the grinder that's my fucking grinder yeah like if people come over to visit like they may not even clock that there's a sticker there i know it's there okay the third thing is where i put the b team stickers that are still cool but i'm not going to be completely devastated if they're gone okay that's my coffee mugs and my water bottle Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't put stickers on coffee mugs because I feel like they just wear out. I'm talking about like my travel mug. Oh, okay. Okay. You're talking about like a, it's basically a, a, basically a water bottle, but for your coffee, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, I got, and I, yeah, yeah. I have like, I have one that's loaded up with stickers and I use it. I mean, I, I use it every day. I mean, that goes back to our camp days because at camp, you always have your Nalgene bottle or whatever if you're backpacking or, yep. you know, working the, the rock wall or whatever. And you got your, you've got to put some stickers on that thing. You got to let people know what, what you're, what you're about. Yeah. And, and, and so you can identify which one's yours, you know, mine's got bad motherfucker on it. That's the one. Pull it out of the bag. I've, I've, um, I've lost probably 17 water bottles in my life and yeah. some great stickers along with it. Yeah. So I wouldn't, you know, I mean, it, it took a lot for me to start loading up some, some stuff like that with some stickers, but I don't really lose shit anymore. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you just gotta, it's just triage with the stickers. You, you, you put the ones you're not afraid to lose on there, but I'm just like, so 
there's not many stickers that I'm willing to get, you know, let go of that I just otherwise would just throw them in the trash. You know, it's like the two grades. Yep. It's like throw them in the trash or put them in my sticker box. And when yep. I die, that sticker box is going to be put in the coffin with me. Don't stick the stickers on the coffin. <laughs> that's for me to do in the afterlife. You put them right there in the thing with that's my most prized possession is that box of stickers. But here's the thing, Joey. Yeah. It does bring me joy to see those stickers. Uh, yeah, it does. That's why I go I go pull my sticker box out before I go to bed at night sometimes and just, just you know, <laughs> just open it and just stare at them. And, my precious. Like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a sticker vault is my dream. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your hype? Uh, my hype is uh, we made salmon cakes last night. Uh, this is my favorite. What? When I just bring up random food? Yeah, I love hearing about your cooking well, life. See, well, I'm not being facetious. Well, what? As a child, my family often had salmon cakes as like a meal, right? You know mm-hmm. what salmon cake is? It's basically like a crab cake, but with salmon in it, right? Yep. It's kind of like poor people's crab cakes. <laughs> No, it's not. It's a fucking salmon cake. Stands on its its own. Like it is. It's not. It's not an expensive meal. I'll say that. It's pretty cheap to me. It's not like that. It's not like that. Eleven dollar bison burger. Oh, not like that. (laughs) You slip through the fucking cracks. Well, fucking lump crab. Never get that burger back. I will never. You had to bring it up again. Uh, Lump crab meat costs a fucking ton. It costs like a ton of money. You know, it's like real expensive down here. I don't know. It's probably less expensive up where you are because I imagine it's. The crabs are a bigger deal or whatever but sure i mean i don't, I don't fucking know. i don't, I don't give a but shit anyway about. anyway salmon cakes i haven't had them since i was a kid i was thinking about it. my mom used to make them all the time it was my mom's birthday this week so i think that she was on my mind miss my mom you know i hadn't seen my mom in, in forever and uh yeah i was like jackie we should make some salmon cakes so jackie has this little meal prep thing and it just so happens that salmon cakes was on the thing for this week so she got the stuff and like i made the patties and then she cooked them and they were really good and they were delicious and i've forgotten how delicious crab cake is i had i mean a uh, salmon cake is and i had leftovers today for lunch does she do really like is it like hello fresh or something like that she has no so her thing you don't get the meals they just give you the recipes okay it is a it does cost something to do it but it's not nearly as expensive as like hello fresh um sure. and we just like i don't know it's it's usually pretty good stuff like they're a little suspect on their vegetable recipes sometimes it's like it's just that they, they repeat some of the same things that they do and they don't like to season the vegetables very much so we always have to like season them more but um yeah, it's always like you kind of they give you some options for the week. They're like these meals would all go good together for the week or whatever, and so you just kind of pick the ones you want, and then we put in a grocery order and get the stuff. Okay. But the crab cakes, we kind of went off that that recipe and just got we got one of the a, a more traditional recipe for those. Nice. But it's just delicious and brought back good memories. My mom used to make them for breakfast sometimes too, and uh, we'd have grits with them. It's really good. Ugh. You don't like grits? God, that sounds delicious. Oh you no, I like okay. grits. I no, that sounds did. great. I'll mash that salmon cake up and mix it up with the oh, grits. Yeah, just just right in there. Just tr- drop it in the bowl. You know. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So that's hype. And then today, um, so I'm my, one of my DJ friends last night hits me up, and he's playing at this like 
probably my favorite club to ever play at. He's playing there this weekend. Um, and uh, he he was like, "Hey man, can you make me a flyer?" And this is a guy that's done a lot of stuff for me. And so I was like, "Yeah, I'll make a flyer." And he's like, "Well, you know, I'll pay, I'll pay you to do it." And I was like, "Nah, man, you you like, you know, I'm paying my dues here. I'm going to do this for you." And I sat down today and I was like, "Shit." Even though I DJ, I'm and I'm a graphic designer. I've made very few DJ flyers in my life, actually. Uh, for some reason, I just never, never make them for myself or for other people. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, "Man, I don't know, I don't know what to do for this because it's a di- like a DJ flyers. It's, it's got its style to it, you know." Like, yeah, it's a genre. Yeah, it's a genre. You could do your own thing, but like I didn't, I, I knew that he was going to want the club's going to want something that looks like a DJ flyer, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he sent me a really good picture, like a promotional picture. Usually people send you busted, shitty ass potato phone pictures for these kind of things. He sent me a good picture. And then I finally, like, I, I worked it out today. And even though I was like feeling bad, I got it and knocked it out. And I used his favorite color on it. I knew his favorite color was purple. So I used a lot of purple on it. And he's like, purple's my favorite color, man, when I sent it to him. I was like, I know it's your favorite color. <laughs> so yeah, it's my boy Brutal. He, uh, yeah, and now they're sharing it all over Facebook, the club and everything. So it's kind of cool to like do that and felt good to finish that today. Yeah, I like, uh, I like a story like that where it's like, you finally get to pay somebody back back for the kindness that they paid you over the years and it comes through the right way. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite lyrics ever is pay dues forever. And it's like, that's it. It's been referenced in several rap songs and it's basically like, don't ever, you you know, you've never arrived. You got to keep giving back to the people that have, have done things for you. And Mike has, uh, you know, gotten me gigs and, and mentored me when I was, uh, starting to club DJ and stuff. So nice. I just appreciate that. So yeah, it it is cool to be able to like hook somebody up, um, like that. So yeah, it was cool. Got that done. At least accomplished something today. So, well, I mean, you've also, you're doing fan service right now. I am. Yeah. Just, you, know. you know, just they're lucky to have us in this podcast. So. Just, you know, mm-hmm. look, our posture is one of service, you know, that's right. Um, yo, am I not the hype? <clears throat> yep. Last night was the final night of random doubles up here in Rhode Island for, Oh, why? Because it's dark at like, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so oh, like, just when I started to like <clears throat> get back in, feel like yeah. I I would show up and I would know like half the people, you yeah. know what I mean? And I was feeling pretty good about my game. Like my game is back, you know, in the yeah. sense that I'm gonna keep playing through the winter so that I can keep it up. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, I actually I had my day off yesterday, so I actually went down to the course early. And I wasn't planning on playing doubles because I just assumed it was over after like two weeks ago when I went and it was dark and yeah. we had to finish. I was like, fuck this. I'm not going back, you know. And I was kind of sad about it. But then I was down there playing by myself and I was only on like hole four when I saw the guy. So this 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 course is on a it's on a piece of property that's privately owned. Mm-hmm. It's like a horse farm. Yeah. And the guy that owns it, like his buddy is the guy that designed the course. Mm-hmm. And um it's actually kind of sad now that I think about it. Cause okay. So Norm is the guy that designed the course and Norm is this like righteous dude who 
goes and volunteers his time, doesn't really make any money on it. I mean, they you pay $5 whenever you play, but it's not like he's making money, yeah. you know? And um, <clears throat> I've gotten to be kind of friends with him because I saw him one day, you know, working on a tee box, like building it back up and that kind of stuff. And I was like, hey, man, do you, are you, you know, is this your course? You know, we got to talking. He told me the whole story behind it. And, He's like, you should come out on Wednesday nights. You know, like we play doubles, like come, come join the league. And so he's the reason I came and I came that next week and he remembered my name. Oh, wow. You know, like he's that kind of person that like he pays attention to who you are. And so, you know, two weeks ago was when I got to play with him for the first time in a group and we got to talking. And as he was, you know, as we were talking, he's like, you know, I don't think you know this because you're still kind of new to the community, but my dad passed away in June and I've been dealing with like selling his house and dealing with his estate and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I'm, he, he like what he usually does or what he's done most of his life is he'll work in Rhode Island from the spring through the fall. And then he goes down to Florida in the wintertime and just like, I don't know what he does. Like he just kind of, I think he just saves a bunch of money during the year and he goes and dicks off for like three months in Florida, you know, in the summer during the winter. And like last night, like they said, okay, it's final night of doubles. They made a little speech and they're like, and Norm's going and he's taking, he, like he built an 18 hole course and then he built this like nine hole course. Yeah. This little par three in the back of the woods. And like, he's taking all those baskets and he's going to Florida and, it's not certain whether or not he's coming back up, which is just like sad, you know, like it's just the beginning of like getting another stand up. Oh, dude. Wow. Like, and he's taking the course with him. He's not taking the whole course. He's not taking the 18 holes, oh, but okay. he's taking those final nine, yeah. like 27, you know, and I don't really play those final nine anyway, but it's just like, like I joined the Rhode Island disc golf Facebook group today, yeah. you know, to try and stay in touch with some of these guys and get some rounds in during the winter. And that was the post today. It was like, Norm's leaving. We're going to have a party for him. And we don't know if he's coming back. And I was like, fuck, man. You know, like, yeah. that's a shame. Um, but <laughs> so I, I, I play with this kid that I played with before. Actually, this kid is basically the Rhode Island version of, of Grizzles. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, probably weighs a buck 40. All his clothes are perfectly well fitting. Mm-hmm. He's very good at disc golf. You know, he's like, he's, he's not out loud about how funny he is. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to kind of pay attention or whatever. I don't want to blow Grizzle's ego up, you mm-hmm. know, but go on little gift and stab right there. Yeah. Well fitting clothes. <laughs> and, uh, like maybe a month ago I got partnered with this guy and I didn't have a good round. And so like this time I was like, I was at the course early. I, I, I met up with him. Like he showed up early too. I was like, Hey, you want to play a couple holes before we start? Sure. We, we, you know, we're laughing and cutting up and then we got partnered together and we fucking shot lights out. Yeah. And we were coming into the final hole. Like we got this thing in the bag, you know, we're taking the money home (laughs) and it's, it's, it's bittersweet, but it's fitting. It turns out we tied with, another team and the other team is the guy norm who started who, who built the course oh, and it was yeah. dark and and if you tie you got to go into a playoff yeah and of course you know we throw our drives and then fucking norm the guy who built the goddamn course fucking laces his drive and parks it right underneath the basket oh, and they wow. wind up winning this yeah. is good for him to win his final right, round yeah, well, might good, be yeah. not, you know but yeah. like god damn it i'm fucking second place in the playoff damn yeah, well, I mean, we only got four pars. Everything was birdies. Yeah, like that's wow. how hot of a fucking round we shot. Yeah, it's tough to do. I, so, mean, I don't know what the how difficult the course is, but it's the hard it's for me to do on tough. any course. So. Yeah, it's um, 
but they're not the hype is that it's all you know like my wednesday nights are like oh yeah. i don't get to go down and you know hang out with all these fucking disc golf nerds yeah i mean i, I kind of experiencing some of that right now because i used to play cards on wednesday nights and we're still you know not doing that because it's can distance yourself in disc golf you can't really do that when you're playing cards so So, okay so my fear and one of the things that i was like eagerly looking forward to also by the way another thing kyle said about you which was so endearing he's like man it's fucking crazy this guy talks about running a fucking uh, you know nfl fantasy league for 14 years and then in the next fucking breath talks about going to a magic tournament This is impressive. I'm, you know, a man with many skills, I guess. You're a renaissance man. I am. But my, the thing that I was like looking forward to, like this morning when I got in the shower and I was thinking about the day ahead of me and I knew that we were going to land on this recording tonight. And I've thought about it three times this week, but I, I, I wasn't going to, I don't ever want to ask you anything that, yeah. that might appear on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been dying to know how'd you do? Well, let me tell you my not the hype. Okay. Right. And Which then, the, the, the timeline of us recording means that it's probably not the hype, which <laughs> sucks. No, no, no. Let me tell you my not the hype because it's real quick. And then I'll get that. That'll be like my, and I'll do an update on my hype still out. That was my hype okay. still out last week. Okay. So, um, not the hype is these fucking political text message I get every day. What? I get these political hi Joey, it's so and so from something or something or another dot org. Uh we're just wondering if you're gonna vote and blah blah blah. And it's from every it's from every party. And it's it's just incessant all day. I get like ten text messages from these things. I don't know how I got signed up for them, you know? Yeah. I don't get robocalls. You got signed up for them because you got a phone number. Well, right. yeah, but I, I've thwarted their robocalls because my mm-hmm. I have the Pixel, the um Google Pixel. Mm-hmm. And it, the reason I bought this phone was because I have a business number. I get so many, you know, spam calls and stuff. Uh, this phone auto screens the calls, so it it, wow. it it answers and it goes. This is uh, this is Joey's phone. He's screening his calls. What state your purpose for calling? And if it's one of the spam things, they just hang up because they can't. It doesn't register on their thing, you know. Um, and now they've updated it to where it automatically logs what is they've what is known as spam numbers, and it just automatically hangs up on them. Nice. And it's I would say it's pretty accurate. I mean, I'm sure that it's probably hung up on some legitimate people before, but I've never had anyone complain about it, you know, or like be like, "Hey, man, I tried to call your phone." But that, well, well, I've been trying so. to call you all week. You know? Okay, well, it's working then. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's this political tag. Jackie on the way. We were going to pick up food tonight, and she's like, "Damn, I'm getting more of these political texts." So she's getting inundated with them too. But um, yeah, super annoying. I'll be glad when this this, this season is over, I guess. But um, okay, so that was my not the hype. My hype well, update on my hype still out from last week. So I played in the Mythic Qualifier Magic Tournament. I've been practicing yep. for months to play. Um, I had to. So I was I was going to play this one deck, Goblins, which was the right. hot deck yep. all week. And then somebody got me on this other deck called the Prison Deck, and the Prison Deck shuts down the Goblins deck, right? So I was like, okay. I'm going to play this deck because I'm going to play the deck. I played with it some, and it was really fun on top of like being good against this deck. So I was like, man, like it, it has like certain cards that they go together that if you play them, the other person just can't win. Like There's no way for them to win. 
Yeah. Um, like it's impossible for them to win. Like I'm going to win. Well, like you said, the thing that I took away was you want to play the best deck or the deck that beats the best that beats deck. The best deck. So it, it was a good choice in that way, but they were running a separate event for the pros um, that started on Thursday last week. Okay. So two days before my event and it was for pro level people, right? It's called the mythic invitation. They give away a ton of money and stuff. I, they usually don't schedule these things on the same weekend, but that kind of fucked me because the pros played this other deck um, that was the, the uh, majority of the pros played this other deck that was not the deck I was going to play and not the goblins deck. Right. Yeah. But it was very good against my deck, the deck that I decided to play. But it kind of like I just like was like, well, I maybe people won't be on that because it wasn't popular going in. But the problem is the players see the pro players do something and they're just all just do it. Whether it's like sometimes the pro players pick decks that everybody else shouldn't play in these other events because they're they're working on a different level than we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so they I've wound up I wound up three and oh. Against Ooh. the decks, because I was paired against the Goblin and the red decks that I wanted to play against, and I was, like, feeling good. Then I lost one to the bad deck for me, and then I won one against Goblins again, and uh, then I, I, I faced the, the shitty deck again two more times, and I was out. So, I finished four... So, four and two. Four and three. Um, it was three losses for the round, for the first day. I thought it was just two losses you could have, but I, I, I went okay. four and three. Um, but I played really well. And in the games that I won, I played really well. And I, I really wanted to go five and three, you know, I, mean, I wanted to advance today too, but I, I was like, my goal was five and three at least, you know? So I only missed yeah. it by one. Um, and it was truly just a bad matchup, which I, in hindsight, I guess I shouldn't have played that deck, but, um, that so other, I, my know. question to you is like, how does, <laughs> How many decks are there? Is it just countless? Well, it depends on what format you're playing. This format is, um, so there's standard, which is current magic cards that have released in the past like two years. But the thing we were playing was this thing called historic, which has cards from the past like 10 years in it. So it's, it's a huge amount of decks, but it, it's kind of amazing how the cards that are the best cards from the past 10 years are still the best cards, you know? Yeah. And so the, those usually those get, decks built around them so i would say there's like five top tier decks and then probably 20 decks people probably could play reasonably so those so so basically any tournament is kind of a crapshoot depending on what you think people are going to be using mm-hmm. of those general five top decks yeah it's it's called metagaming is what that's <clears throat> that process is called and you try to you want to be on the right side of the meta like i said you want to play either the best deck or the deck that's going to beat the best deck and i just miscalculated you know because i thought that goblins was going to still be the best deck and and it would the the thing that pissed me off is it would have been if they didn't run this other event, you know, yeah. because people were watching that on Twitch and like paying attention. And I just that can go either way. Sometimes people don't play those decks because it's too close to the tournament and they've been practicing with another one. And then sometimes they just switch and everybody switched and it was super annoying um, to play against, you know. So yeah. yeah, I went I went four and three. My buddy went oh three. Felt really bad for him because yeah, it, it just like. I don't know. He had, he he faced the same deck that I, that I lost to the first three and lost. So. 
Like, we should have been playing that deck, but it was a style of deck that I don't like to play. So it's like really slow and grindy and like you have to make all these like tough decisions with it and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I wasn't super bummed about it. Like I, a lot of times I get real pissed off when I lose, but I was just kind of glad I went three and oh and I felt like I was competitive and I really just right. lost cause I picked the bad deck really. Yeah. Which it, which is a, you know, a valid thing to lose for. I mean, I saw I, I, that's my fault, you know, for choosing that deck, but, um, yeah, it was, I, I feel good about it. I'm, in, I'm trying to qualify for the one next month now. So that's, that's fun to listen to. I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess the only analogy that I think about because of the sport that I'm in, involved in, like, I mean, I guess disc golf, maybe it's not the same because at the end of the day, you either throw the disc or do, you mm-hmm. don't, right? Yeah. But there's all sorts of new molds coming out and different discs and people are, there's those people that are like very much into disc selection. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny. I was playing with this 19 year old kid last night. He wasn't with me. He was on a different card. <clears throat> he only has two discs. He has a putter. And he has the fastest high-speed driver possible. Mm -hmm. So he's got two ends, like to two very ends of the continuum. Mm -hmm. And he fucking rips both of them. And because he only has those two discs, he knows them very, very well. And so, like, I carry 21 discs with me. Yeah. Right? But basically, I really only carry, like... 12 discs because mm-hmm. most of the discs I have, I have two or three versions. Yeah. And so I know my bag and I don't buy new discs. I just keep buying the same versions yeah, of discs they, that I you currently break them own. In and then they wear out, wear out. You get a new one. Yeah. Get. It made me think of the NBA in that like with rule changes, <laughs> it takes a, it takes maybe three to four seasons for the game to change based on the rules mm-hmm. and how, the teams that are on the forefront of where the like statistics are going. And like, you know, I'm thinking about Houston shooting so many three point shots. Right. Yeah. And they were basically the first ones to do it. I mean, golden state got famous for it, but Houston was on the cutting edge Mm -hmm. and how that you, you know, in the playoffs, they always talk about Mm matchups and this is basically the same thing. Yeah. And how like, but, but it sounds almost a little bit more like trying to do some guesswork on the meta. Yeah. And you're taking a calculated risk. And what seems frustrating to me is that you can be a highly skilled player playing your deck correctly, but by kind of like dumb luck, you wind up on the bad side of the meta. And to me, that seems like that's not that you didn't get beat by skill. And that would keep me awake. Yeah, that's frustrating, but that's ingrained in the game anyway, because like I said last week, variance is a big part of the game, you know? Like, if you don't draw certain cards, so you just are going to lose. You could be the best player to ever play the game, and if you don't draw the cards you need to play the other cards in your hand, then you you just lose, you know? And that happens some percentage of the time. And it's that yeah. way with the metagame, too. Like, you, you build your deck, and the other thing is, that's kind of interesting about it is you have a sideboard they call it and the sideboard is cards that are not in your deck but that you can put in your deck after the first game you play of a match against a person okay okay so those cards are specifically good a lot of times they like are specifically good against one color okay so you might have a deck this uh, card that's like says players can't play red cards or something like that you know 
if you're playing against a red deck and you side that in, you could win the game that way, you know? Um, so that, that adds another layer to it. Um, and, and that's part of like reading the meta. Cause like you try to tune your deck and you say, okay, well, if I do face this bad deck, I need to at least have some cards in my sideboard to deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I did have those cards in my sideboard. It was just that other deck was so good at doing what it did against my deck that it didn't really matter, you know? But yeah, yeah. It, it, there is some variance to like, I, back in the day when I played a lot of big tournaments, I would always lose round one. And I, oftentimes I would come back and win, you know, and, and, and do well and like get close to the finals or made the finals a couple times. But when you lose round one, <laughs> you go into what I call the casual bracket. Yeah. The friendship bracket. <laughs> yeah. So you, well, I would lose round one and then you're out of the meta because you're playing people who are playing joke decks or like playing people that haven't been playing for long. And there are people that just, there's like, uh, there's people love to play elves and elves is rarely a good deck. But when you lose in round one, if the elves is in the format, you're going to see the elves deck because it lost too, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but you know, I, I would, my friends always give me shit. They're like, yeah, you're in the, you're in the casual bracket. You never know what you're going to lose to over there. Yeah. Um, A lot of times those decks in the casual bracket are good against the top level decks because they're just so off the wall and you would never expect. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. I I totally get it. Yeah. 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 If that one off the wall deck wins its first round, then there's a chance it can make a tear through to the finals. Uh, It can. And sometimes, sometimes that just happens, you know, sometimes people make the top eight of a big event with the deck. That's just like, what the hell is that? And it's kind of exciting part of the game because part of Oh, sorry. Part of the game is brewing. They call it brewing. It's deck brewing. And, so you, you know, you people are some people just read the deck list off the Internet and play whatever. What's the best deck? And then the brewers make their own decks. You know, they're often different than those decks. So. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I, in I wrestling, it. in wrestling, when you get put out of the championship bracket, most people call it the friendship bracket. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably a good. The, way the most it, yeah. patronizing. Yeah, thing. super super patronizing. Like, yeah. But I kind of, to be honest with you, I I do miss sports like that, where you have a bracket like that, uh-huh. because I I used to like in, you know, in wrestling tournaments, like <laughs> if I got put down to the friendship bracket, like for me that was like, all right, motherfucker, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's rip through these kids to make it back to battle for third place, third place, you know, like. Uh huh. Yeah. Of course it sucks. Like you the best in like a wrestling tournament is semifinal. Semifinals is like any tournament, like semifinals are really where it's at. The finals is always gonna be more conservative, you know, yeah. not as many fireworks. Like the semifinals are where you got people battling to try to make it to that final match, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like that with uh with uh double elimination surf kayak contests I used to compete in too, you know. Yeah. You lose in you lose in the early round and then you're like, Well, I'm still in this thing, but I gotta fight real hard to get back there. And, yeah. You know. Some of those tournaments you could get back into the main bracket from that and like you could win the whole thing again. Um, but yeah. yeah, they would some some of them some of the wrestling tournaments <laughs> would have a an optional true third yeah. or true second. You know, where like the guy that won third place if the guy that won second place was up for it, he'd wrestle. Oh yeah. Huh. You know, it's like, yeah, shit, I just lost my finals match. Yeah. I got silver. Now I got to fucking wrestle this guy. I got third place. And he's got a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. He's been in the friendship bracket all day. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and the medal's on the line. Literally the medal is on the line. On the but line. You gotta yeah, lose, yeah, you gotta yeah. lose that second place. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have. I'm not. Su- I'm not a super competitive person in things that I'm not good at. I guess. Yeah, but I'm sure. really competitive in like I used to be competitive in kayaking, and then Magic has like has been that release for me. I guess, and you know, I'm not the best at it, but I'm, I'm decent, and um, I don't know. I, I do enjoy that competition, and especially since it's- right now I can't play in person. You know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, I've never really. I, it's funny because I don't really think of myself as competitive. And but you want to win. Of people, you want to win at disc golf. I, right? I mean, I want to play well. That's yeah, what I want to yeah. do. I mean, that's what I focus on more. Is I want to play well. I don't want to make mistakes. You know. Yeah. I don't want to lose because I made mistakes. Um, and like if I lose, I want to lose because I got beat. Yeah. Not because yeah. I fucked myself. Well, that's and that's. The past couple of tournaments that I've played in, I've lost because I played poorly, and this time I didn't play poorly, and I felt I felt okay about it. I wasn't mad, you know. Jackie's yeah. like <laughs> Jackie's like when I have a tournament or something, she just wants to like leave for the day because she's like, yeah, you're gonna be pissed off. I know, <laughs> like <laughs> if I lose, but you know, it, I was I was in a rel- I was in good spirits after that. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, you know, I practiced a lot for it. So even though I lost, I I didn't feel like I was like, well, I didn't practice. So what do I expect? Like, you know, I, I did practice a decent amount. So that's the update on that. Which, well, I, I look forward to hearing if you get in the next one. Yeah, I'm going to try. You know, I got the rest of the month to qualify. So I'm not too far off of it. They just released a new set today, though. So it's going to like <laughs> change the whole thing. So. Right. A little tricky, but I, 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 if I may, I can make it these next two months have qualifiers. So if I don't qualify for October, I can qualify for November, you know? So yeah, it'll be all right. Um, but you got any hype still out? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, a buddy of mine from college, this kid, like near and dear to my heart. He's one of the very few people that like, if he makes a recommendation, I take it to heart. And we don't talk all the time. We, we we this type we're like we'll be on the phone for like two hours and then we won't talk for like three or four months. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so when we have those phone calls, like we're we're running down everything. Yeah. Work, family, mm-hmm. life, goal, you know, all sorts of stuff. And and recommendations usually come in there. Yeah. And so he made two recommendations to me. One of them was, you know, a book. So I, I bought the book that day, you know. I'm not going to not buy a book that this kid recommends to me. And the second thing he so was the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it was the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Um, book of Mormon. He said, dude, you got to start taking cold showers. Now people what? have given me, yeah, no, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You're going to, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing that I'm doing this. <laughs> he said that the cold showers increase your testosterone. And I'm, I'm for the first time in my life, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit sensitive about my age, you okay. know, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I want to get as strong as I can before I'm no longer getting stronger. Okay. And it's coming from my buddy Austin. And if it's coming from my buddy Austin, he's never going to lead me down the wrong path. And he said, you can't, you can't take a hot shower and then turn it cold. And you can't take a cold shower and then turn it hot. You got to get in that shower and take a cold shower for four minutes straight every day. And he's like, I do it every day. 
and it wakes me up. I, I don't even drink coffee anymore because I, I got all sorts of endorphins. And I'm listening to. Him, I'm like, fuck. I want it. I want. I want this. You know. Yeah, I want the, what this okay. guy's selling right now. Right. Now let me rewind a little bit and say that when my when when my beard started going gray, it would just be one or two strands at a time, yeah. and I would like, oh shit, look at that. And I don't. I'm not vain. I don't think I'm vain. Right. Like it. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't really. I mean, of course, I want to be presentable, but I don't really give a shit that my beard's going gray. Like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. But I would, like, sometimes I would just pull those gray strands out, like, oh, look at that, and then just yank it out. And Mackenzie said, if you pull one, then two are going to grow back. And boy, did I laugh at her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, that old wives, that's a bullshit, right? That's a bu-. And yeah. I clown on her for that shit for years. Yeah. And so I get off the phone with my boy Austin and I'm all excited. I set my alarm for on my phone, like take a cold shower, be a man, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm telling her about it. I'm like, yeah, apparently it's supposed to increase your testosterone. <laughs> and she looks at me. She said, oh, yeah? Yeah, and if I pull a gray, gray hair out, two are going to grow back. <laughs> so I'm on day four now. See, you didn't like, do research into this. You're just like Austin. I didn't put right. any research into this motherfucker. I just stuffed in the fucking shower. That's a big deal to like. That's my time, the shower time. It's not. It's know. not a big deal. It's four minutes. No, man. That's my. I. I. I would be mad all day if I took a cold shower in the morning. That's, that's my. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't really care because when I step out of that shower, I'm like feeling good. I'm like, look, I put myself into an uncomfortable position. I persevered and I, you know, I'm trying to ride for that perseverance. I, I got through it. Like I didn't warm it up. I didn't do it. I've stepped in. I went for about two minutes, you know, and then I got normal. Like I've, I got, I get used to it by the end of it. And then I step out and I'm like, I did something good today. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. That's something turns out I'm still an idiot. Yeah, that's uh, that's something there. Look, I'm gonna do it for thirty days. Okay, I'm gonna do it for thirty days. Okay, that's (laughs) (laughs) this is like the time that I dared myself to uh to taste lighter fluid, (laughs) and I actually had an argument with myself. I was like, "You won't drink that lighter fluid." I "I will drink the lighter fluid, and I. To the to Jackie's horror as she's standing there because I was like firing the grill up, and so I just took a it's like a hot shot of the, the the lighter fluid, and I've I've burped lighter fluid for twenty four hours, and now the smell of lighter fluid just makes me want to retch. Joey, you're like how old are you? Are you like fucking thirty eight years old? <laughs> I wish I was forty two. You're forty two. Yeah. So you did this in the past what two three years? Yeah. You're a grown man and you're yeah, drinking a lot of food. Yeah, I was just like, I was just like, you know, and the, the thing was, no one dared me to do it. I just somehow I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, I won't. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you you're, are. This the little devil on your shoulder that is you. <laughs> yeah, you are the devil. Yeah. I'm the devil on other people's shoulders. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns yeah. out that devil jumped from somebody else's shoulder yeah. to yours. So I say, you won't do that. Try that lighter fluid. I can confirm it's not a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. This is not the same thing. Yeah, it is. It sounds like a good idea at the time, you know? I thought it was a No, good idea lighter at the time. drinking lighter fluid never <laughs> sounds like a good idea. Hey man, I, somebody told me it increases your testosterone, so I was uh, <laughs> I was to try it. So. All right. Fair enough. Well, look, height's still out. I'll let you know. Look, if Indeed. I you know, 
if I set a bunch of personal records here in a month because I got so much stronger because I got such high tea. Okay. From them cold showers, I'll be sure to report back. All right, do that. I will keep, do that. Keep me posted. I will. My hype's still out is uh, this new show on HBO called uh, Raised by Wolves. Uh, that's in my consuming. It, oh, okay. I have not watched it yet, but it's by the great Ridley Scott, who I'm a big fan of a lot of his work. Um, and it looks super weird and creepy and it's kind of, you know, it feel it's got that alien vibe because, you know, he of course did the original alien movie and, um, it looks like kind of esoteric sci-fi in a way that I think might be cool. I've heard pretty good things about it, but I heard it was kind of slow, but, uh, yeah. So I'm, you know, I haven't watched it yet, but I will eventually. I watched episode one. Did you like it? It is not for me. Okay. And I really liked it. Okay. Okay. Well, so you're going to yeah, keep watching it? It is it's everything that you said and then some. Okay. You're going you're gonna <clears> to <throat> continue to watch it though? Um, I think I will only because like, okay, so it's not my thing, but it's, <clears throat> it's so well done that it's, I think it's worth it for me to continue. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, it has one of these trailers that uh, this is like a trend lately where this trailer, it's got like, you know, these like heady, like talking points in it. And then it's got the soundtrack to the trailer that's just like, wow, wow, wow. It's just like a guitar riff or like some kind of siren sounding thing. Um, let me let yeah. me tell you that that sound. Yeah. Is like a metaphor for the entire show. Okay. It, well, it's 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 uncomfortable. I'll say that. So exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's it uncomfortable. It creates a sense of dread. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. I think you will really enjoy it. I, I I'm gonna save it until like I, I can only watch so many things at once, and so I'm gonna save it for when I need. I, I, and I always like, I think it's something Jackie's going to want to watch too. So, um, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. There's shows that you save and then you pick them up when you, when you got time for it. Uh-huh. And sometimes those shows you, you don't like strike while the iron is hot. Uh-huh. I think this is one that you want to say, okay, I'm going to make some time for this okay. sooner rather than later. Uh-huh. But you think people are going to be talking about it then? I think they will be. Okay. That's well, I haven't, I haven't really had something like that in a little while. So I'm, I'm excited. About yeah. That, so. Also, I'd like to keep up with it. Yeah. And I'd like, there's one person that is giving it his full throated support and that's Lopo. Okay. All right. And hey, you, you say what you will about Lopo. That kid uh-huh. rides for Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. And yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and he's the one that pushed me like three times because like <clears throat> first time, hey, this is a good show. Second time was, did you start it yet? Yeah. And I'd started it and I hadn't finished it. And the third one was, have you finished it? And I was like, I got 15 minutes left. And his mind was blown that yeah. I stopped 15 minutes yeah. before the episode was over. And I turned it on this morning and finished it and now I understood why he, his mind was blown uh, <laughs> and I yeah. sent him a picture of the television in the final scene yeah and he was very satisfied I gotcha yeah well, that's that's high praise 
I tell you this, if you watch that first episode and you're out, like, I think if you watch the first episode, you're going to be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my three consuming. Okay. What's, what's another one? I'm like halfway through the founder on Netflix. Oh, is that Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Did you ever watch that? Mm -mm. I've I've pulled it up to watch it a couple of times and then just didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He plays a uh, McDonald's founder or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm going to tell you this. I'm halfway through it and I'm looking forward. Like I'm watching it in installments intentionally. Yeah. And every time I'm watching it, I watch it like 15 minutes. And I'm like, this is just really well done. Yeah. It looked pretty good. It's just a, yeah. It's a well done yeah. movie. It's good. It's I satisfying. Like, like it's cool. Um, and then the third thing. You were riding hard for McDonald's lately. <laughs> just a McDonald's I knew that was now. coming up. I was gonna say I, I've avoided it because it's yeah. about McDonald's. Like I don't give a shit about McDonald's, right. but I, I was gonna fall on deaf ears. Um. So at the beginning of the pandemic, when quarantine or like you know, kind of shelter in place began, uh-huh. I we've been through this before. I'm just gonna catch you back up. I started watching on Thursday nights the live Instagram feeds of Kevin Morby and Katie uh, Crutchfield or whatever from Waxahachie, right? They each have their own solo recording careers, but their boyfriend and girlfriend and they live together and they would get on Instagram live and they would do covers and they would read poetry and they would have their friends call in. And it was just a neat way to feel connected to something else. Right. Mm-hmm. And off of that, I had already been listening to, to Waxahachie's most recent album released in February, which was St. Cloud, and I recommended it to you, and you dug it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I had never been that that deep into Kevin Morby's music. Yeah. I had enjoyed it enough, but I wasn't like, you know, I, I just didn't get it. To be honest with you, I felt like I didn't get it. Yeah. And what made me even more self-conscious was that, <laughs> you know, co-hater co-number two hater mikey (laughs) is somebody who will make music recommendations to me and they're always really good yeah but they're usually six months ahead of me okay so he was on you know his golden messenger before me phil cook before me kevin morby before me waxahachie before me zephaniah hara like all sorts of all sorts of different music he's like he'll send it to me i'll I'll listen to him like i don't know and then like six months later, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm like, this motherfucker. You know what I mean? And it usually happens at Newport Folk Festival where he goes to Newport Folk Festival with his wife and his kids and, and they do their own thing. But Mikey does? we spend a lot. What? Mikey does? Yeah. Uh, yeah. His mom has a place in Newport. So oh, they go up and that. they spend oh, the okay. week with his yeah. family and and he gets the you know <laughs> tickets for the weekend. And, and so I'll see him. I'll spend, you know, we'll spend time together over the weekend, yeah. but we don't go to the same sets Mm -hmm. and it's always like the sets that he goes to. He's like, yo, you should really come to. (laughs) And then you're a fan afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I don't go to the set. I go to this other set, this band that I'm into. And then, and then the, you know, six months later, I'm listening to the fucking band of the set that he went to, that he told me to go to. Yeah. Again, don't want to stroke his ego. Right. It's okay. But so I get into Kevin Morby off the back of this and I'm listening to it. I'm, I'm talking to him about it and, there's one album that's that's I think the most easily accessible. It's called City Music, and I think most people that listen to it that like music would really like that album. Yeah. But his most recent album is called Oh My God, and 
Mikey's like, yo, don't be a hater on Oh My God. It's a masterpiece. And for Mikey to say it's a masterpiece, oh, wow. th- that's not something you take lightly. Yeah. Really, right? And I tried it and I was like, ah, man, I don't get it. You know, like I'm not into it. Well, fucking five days ago, out of nowhere, I put it on and I haven't stopped listening to it, it just since. just clicked. Yeah. It is it is righteous. It is a righteous album. It's so I'll good. I'll check it man. out. I mean, I, I like watching that. I've listened to some of their stuff together and he's fine, but I, you know, I'm much more into her, but. Well, she's easier to listen to. Yeah. I mean, her voice is fucking mellifluous, yeah. you know, it's so good. But, and, and yeah, I, I like, don't really, I, I hadn't responded to his voice as much when he's singing and stuff like that, but his songwriting is undeniably like incredible mm-hmm. so i don't know i think i think you give that album a shot yeah i'll check it oh out oh my god i'll check it out for sure what about you what have you been consuming um well i got that as did you i got that neverly boys album on vinyl oh yeah um that we I, had, I did listen to that twice in the past two days yeah oh, did you listen to it on vinyl not on vinyl. No, I haven't so opened up the, the vinyl gym. because yeah. I, I wanted to wait on that, but I, I put it on, on yeah. you know, at the gym. I, uh, I, yeah, I listened to it. You know, we were crushing that album a couple months ago, and man, that album is still like, it's in the running for my best of, of this year. Like, it, every song on it, there's not one song on it where I'm like, eh. Like, even that, my, my only other album that comes close is that Waxahachie St. Cloud album, and there's a couple songs on that that just don't hit me. Yeah. Uh this this album every every song just clicks with me, you know, and it's just so good. It's uh Neverly Boys, is it called Hollywood Burning? Hollywood's Burning? No, that's the first track. Okay. I um I don't remember I'll pull it up while you keep talking. Yeah, it's got a skull on the front cover. It's there it's these are the, the guys from TV on the radio that or one of the guys that went off and did it with another singer. The uh the album's called Dark Side of Everything. Dark Side of Everything, yeah, that's it. It's really good. Um, yeah, so I'm enjoying that. I, pl- I played it yesterday when I was doing some work and I listened to the whole thing. My uh, in my office, my record player is like right behind me. So, um, and then uh, we've been watching Watchmen on HBO. Finally, I don't know if I mentioned. Oh, that. really? You hadn't? We saved it. You didn't watch it live? No, I just saved it. And um, yeah, damn, it's good. Every episode, yeah, I want to watch the next yeah. episode. That the the lead actress in it is amazing. She she was in Jerry Maguire too. Um, I think she was nominated for an Oscar for Jerry Maguire. Um, I forget what her name is. She is a badass in it. She's so awesome. Um, yeah, it's 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 solid. Really good. I mean, everybody said it was great, and it you know it is good. Um, and then <laughs> we watched a terrible movie featuring guess who. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. You know Jackie's quest to watch all Sam Rockwell movies, and I'm realizing now Sam Rockwell has never turned down a part in any movie. He will appear in your like child's at your child's bar mitzvah if it's look, man. That's why you like him. Like, He's always paying dues. He is always paying his dues, and I I made the joke that I was like, yeah, Sam Rockwell. I think is. He's in all these shitty, shitty any films, but he's like, I think his contract reads, I will show up, I will dress like Sam Rockwell, I will be Sam Rockwell, and you have me for one hour. Because he's always in these movies for like <laughs> two scenes, and he's always himself. He doesn't put the effort in he puts into his like great roles, you know? And he's just a Sam Rockwell, you know? It's like, hey, everybody, Sam Rockwell's here. 
Um, he this movie is called Loitering with Intent. No. Yeah, it is. Let me let me tell you, just so you know, like you don't have to finish this mission you started to watch his films. Yeah, you don't have to watch them all. It's not my not my mission, Jackie. I know you're listening. You do not have to finish this mission. I mean, I you know she doesn't usually quit when she starts something like this. So we're we're I'm I'm waiting for a good one to come up again because I'm a big Sam Rockwell fan. Man, it is this movie is called Loitering with Intent. It's about two bartenders who have to write a screenplay. And nope. it's, they're just so self-important and they're writing the great American screenplay and they, and the female characters it's written, you know, it's, 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 I would say it's like a, a I would say the director probably considers himself progressive, you know, but the female characters in it are so poorly written. They just exist to be some, something for the guys to like try to conquer, you know? And it's just so it's, it's just, it was just terrible after that horrible other movie that, that Mikey likes. You know, I'm not saying Mikey would like this movie. I'm just saying he liked that other terrible movie. Um, no, he didn't. He hasn't watched it yet. Digging right. Fire. He hasn't yeah, watched no, it. He, he just yet. liked the other, the other. He liked the movies. other shitty movies from that director. We had an interesting discussion this week. So he finally has talked me into watching those other films by that guy who directed Digging for Fire. Oh, did, his what? Did you watch? Um, what was it? What was the brewery one? That's the one I watched. Friends, something friends. Oh, drinking, drinking buddies. buddies. Yeah. It, I, I'm going to give it a shot because he said that like he didn't think that the other films were like this one, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's, 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 he's positing to me that the, the outlier is the shitty digging for fire film and the other ones I might like. Cause I do like some of that Mumblecore stuff, especially the Duplass brothers. So I'm going to give yeah. it a shot. Um, he did. Re- Mikey did recommend a really awesome movie to me this week that you will not like, but McKenzie might like called the endless it's about it's a horror movie, but it's not really scary. It's just kind of creepy. Um, but it is about That's even worse. It's two brothers who were in a UFO death cult, like a Heaven's Gate thing, you know. Uh-huh. And they escape from this cult, and something drag pulls them back into it, and you know, creepy shit happens. Uh, I really enjoyed that. So it's you know, this is a good recommendation from Mikey. We were talking about horror movies too, because he likes horror movies. So, have you ever seen the taking of Deborah Logan? No. So that person that I recommended host to, yeah, the gem that's like a horror head, yeah. uh, She just texted me and said she has a new horror movie recommendation: the taking of Deborah Logan. It was excellent. Okay, I'll. uh... So. Since I'm with you. Yeah. Well, and I'm probably not going to watch it. Jackie, write it down. She's listening right now, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> listening Jackie, in the future, get on man. that. Yeah. I always, we have a list of movies she keeps on her phone. She's a big big proponent of lists. So I'll be like, hey, add that movie to the list. Um. Yeah, we watched that. And then we watched, uh, oh man, I'm just going on and on. We watched this Neon Demon movie, which was recommended to me. And it's the first movie in a long time that I just turned it the fuck off halfway through. Um, it's directed by the guy who did, uh, you know, that movie Drive. Yeah. With the uh, the dude in the car. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. It's directed by that guy. Nicholas Winding Ruffin. I, is that him? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 It was 
pitched as a horror movie and it was fucking terrible. It was just, I don't even know what it was about. It was just dudes being creepy to underage women. And it was just like <laughs> fucking awful. And at one point I just looked at Jackie and said, I hate this. And she's like, yeah, let's turn this off. <laughs> and so we stopped it. I like kind of like, I usually am a completionist about that sort of stuff, but I'm like, you know, it's like, man, life's too short. Um, yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. You don't need to keep watching Sam Rockwell movies. It feels differently though, because I know there are good ones. That's the thing. There are good ones. <laughs> There are so many good ones. This time is different. This feels different. This is different this time. Yeah, so that that's my consuming. You got anything else before we go into the good part of the show? Now, if you ain't watching the OC, get the fuck out. <laughs> Welcome to the OC, bitch. Um, okay, so we are at episode nine of season one of the OC now. This episode is called The Heights, and that name plays into a couple of the storylines in this episode. Um, it has to do with uh, we we find out that Ryan is afraid of heights, and also we find out that uh, this housing development that Kirsten and Caleb are working on is called the Heights. Balboa Heights. Balboa Heights. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, before you even get into the recap, previously on features your boy said, "Give me a shot." <laughs> Yes, yeah, because this is the this is the episode where he finally goes to school. And so last episode, he's give me a shot. And he was give me a shot. <laughs> yeah, featured that. So yeah, this is the first day of school in this episode. Um, and you know, hijinks ensue. We've still got Marissa Luke drama going on. Um, everybody's talking shit about Marissa. She's she's thinking about not going to school this year or whatever, or staying home. She goes to school. They're all talking shit about her. And Summer goes on the rampage and just starts calling girls whores. She says what she say. Shut up. Whore. Hey, whores, why don't you go work another corner? Yeah. When they're talking about Marissa and she is fiercely protecting Marissa. Time uh, out. Time out. Because one of my favorite bits of all time, which allows the audience to know that this show does wink at the audience uh, every now and again, was right there in the opening where Seth is sitting there at breakfast. It's about to be the first day of school. And Kirsten says to him, how are you feeling first day of school? And he looks at her and she's like, what? Use your words. He says, I feel I conveyed more with a look. And then, you know, Sandy comes in. He tries to look on Sandy. It doesn't work. And then Ryan comes in. And Sandy's like, oh, first day of school. And Ryan gives him a look. And Sandy's like, say no more. And he sits down. And Seth is like, how do you do that with just one look? And then Ryan looks at him. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. Say no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> There's some great little Seth moments in this episode. At one point, Seth goes, it's kind of like funny. Seth Seth plays up that he's actually an old man in a young man's body thing a lot in the series. And he has his morning routine where he's reading the paper and drinking his coffee. And mm-hmm. Ryan's like, you have a morning routine? <laughs> it's like, I'm working on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. I, I wrote that. I have more notes on this episode than any other episode we watched. Uh, okay. So far. Yeah. Um, I guess let me go over the the big talking points of the of the recap, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. So, uh, the big stories in in this episode are the kids going to school. uh, Everybody's trying to get into some uh, have something to do for extracurricular activities. Ryan decides inexplicably to go out for the soccer team, Um, and of course Luke is the other uh, striker on the soccer team, so they have you know they have to interact. Luke's trying to talk to Marissa. 
and he tries really hard and, you know, she doesn't want to talk to him. And then eventually they have some kind of awkward encounters. Um, Ryan's acting like an asshole through most of this episode. Um, we can talk about that <laughs> later, but he's being very like petulant and petty and uh, passive aggressive to Marissa because he, he thinks that she's getting back with Luke. And I'll just say that like, Jackie was like, man, he's being an asshole. And I was like, you know what? He's acting just like a teenager would act in that situation, you know? Um, so I, th- once again, I think the show kind of captures being a teenager pretty well. Um, and then the, the other major plot point is that Sandy at his new firm is, has been assigned the case to go against Kirsten and Caleb and they're to shut down their Balboa Heights housing development thing because it would jeopardize this Balboa wetlands. That's like really important to the, to the local area and the, the water, everything. So there's tension between Sandy and of course, you know, he's suing his wife, you know, he's the lawyer suing his wife. So, um, I, I, and I think there's a little bit more to it than just that too, in the sense that like, it's clear that his new coworker, Holly is like, doesn't really care about his marriage and she drops a couple lines about like you know why you have to choose between the bedroom and the your yeah career? She's, she's really like oh there's one point she's like well if your marriage can't survive this and like yeah she's kind of tar- i didn't realize that she's kind of like a villainish character at least right now um um i also don't yeah think, it, i don't think he could I don't think he could take this case. They say they make a point to say that the client has waived the conflict of interest clause or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think you can just waive that. I think, but I don't know. I don't know how that works. I guess a judge would still be okay with him taking the case, but I just don't see how he could do that. You know? Yeah. Um, and, but, but, but I think even to build on it, it's like the fact that there was this like leak to the local paper about mm-hmm. like the strife and, you know, he had to go to Holly and say, did you guys hire me for this case? You know, like there's a, this, 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 this was more than just him being assigned. Like he's, we've got this mini story of the struggle between his marriage and his identity as somebody that wants to fight for the things that he believes in. And, and I think, you know, to skip ahead, the end of the episode where he says to Kirsten, like, this is who you married, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking yeah. the case. Like, of course it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to take it, but at least we had some titillation in the middle about will he or won't he, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean that, that, that interaction between them in the end is like one of the, that's, that's indicative of the great like interactions in the show overall is, you know, those little lines like that of, you know, this is who you married. And she, and she has that realization. She's like, yes, you, that, that is why I like you, but you know, I'm still upset about this, but you know, the, this is the person you are. Um, yeah. Sandy kind of fucks up in this episode some too. Once again, the, 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 the kids and the adults kind of parallel paralleling where Sandy is like a little bit, like he should have told Kirsten about this when he had the opportunity to, so she didn't have to find out in the paper. And, you know, he has some little snide quips that kind of mirror some of Ryan's mini tantrums in this episode. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting to look at those. Always compare that. Um, yeah, Ryan is very, very dickish uh, throughout this episode, and I mean, I kind of understand because he's just kind of like he misinterprets Marissa and Luke getting back together because they they're not getting back together. But he, he kind of sees them talking, well, and he assumes that they are. 
And the, this is this is this whole this is the whole like first half of this season, and maybe it, it continues on. I just don't remember it. About like it's these dumbass moments that have to be they they have to be included in the story because we have to draw out the will they or won't they mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Yeah. But like where he's he's standing there seeing what he thinks is a reunion, and then he walks away before he. He sees Marissa say, you know, it didn't stop you, you know, whatever. And like shutting Luke down, which like good for Marissa. Like I was a little bit proud of her good for you, girl. Like, I, cause in that moment I forgot whether or not she got back together with him or not. So I was like kind of on the edge of my seat, like, you know, are you going to, you know, that, that and, scene um, is like almost like Shakespearean in a way, you know, cause it's almost like, you know, scenes in Shakespeare where a, where a character witnesses something, but they misinterpret it, you know? Totally. And then they, so it's like not to put it on, I mean, we're not saying the OC is Shakespearean, but I mean, it's oh, we are, we are, <laughs> we it's, are, yeah, <laughs> it is the Shakespeare of, of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, you know, teen drama. Um, but it is very much like, I think it's like Othello or something where he like sees somebody, he thinks someone gets murdered, but he doesn't see the person. But yeah, like, well, there's uh, Macbeth, there's Othello, there's also at the end of Romeo and Juliet, the poison, you know, like Juliet wakes up. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Romeo thinks that, you know, um, yeah. Uh, but but what I wrote in my notes was like moments like that are just exhausting to me now. Yeah, because it's we've kind of tread this ground before. It's like how many times we're going to take the loop around that? How many um, times is it going to be neither one of their fault, just yeah. bad timing? Right. Yeah. But you mean between Ryan and Marissa, not not Luke and Marissa. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I will sure. say that Misha Barton has a good uh, a, she's she snaps into good acting again when she can, you know, she's having this conflict with Luke and she stands up for herself. <laughs> so, and so I watched this episode with McKenzie. Right. Yeah. She knows that she hasn't been watching it. You know, yeah. she doesn't care. But I got home last night and I was like, yo, I got to watch this episode. She's like, oh, I'll, I'll check it out with you. I was like, hey, it's going to be a good one. We're going to the harbor school, yeah. you know? And, uh, and she, you know, she's got it in for Marissa the yeah, same way yeah, I do. Yeah. And she said, well, that was one of the few scenes where Misha Barton's actual confusion looks like acting. <laughs> I, once again, I say that like it feels like she's bored half the time, and then she she does act sometimes. It's like it's weird. It's like this lack of effort, you know. That's why I think her character just doesn't ring true like the other ones do, you know. But sure. I don't know. I mean, we we can keep shitting on her. Or we can just accept the fact that this is what we get. So, um, well, if they're gonna keep feeding me these storylines, I'm gonna keep shitting on her. Yeah. Um, well, I think that we're about to move away from some of these storylines. Um, I know. This, and, is, this is another kind of closure. And for the record, like this is an ensemble show, and she's very much a part of the ensemble as much as everybody else. Right. Like, I, you she's know, I'm not actually so, hate, yeah. Like, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, so this episode, number one, the final scene in this episode, I thought happened in the finale of this season instead of now. <laughs> That's how jumbled my brain is. Um, oh, no, before we get into that, uh, Anna has returned. Um, Dude. What? Yeah, go on. Anna I mean, has returned. I have in all caps, Kirsten versus Sandy, Luke versus Ryan, Summer versus Anna. Anna shows up and she starts, she she gets in with Seth on this let's make Summer notice Seth and be jealous of Anna thing. You know, she's doing the the, the rom-com teen, teen co- movie, high school movie where the 
Ugly Duckling helps the boy out to make the girl jealous, but then they actually fall in love, you know? Um, and the clueless boy has no idea the girl has been in love with yeah the whole time them all along. Um, I, I was uh, number one that I think it's her name's Samier Sam Samier Armstrong is her name that plays Anna. No, her name's she, Anna. <laughs> yeah, well, Anna is delightful. She's like great, you know. Yep. Um, she's smart and like funny and just you know p- pick captures that kind of pixie girl thing perfectly and i was like was like i turned to jackie last night i was like you know what i'm on team summer but man I'm pulling hard for anna right now it's so tough it's tough and like man and he she kisses seth at one point and she doesn't realize that seth sees that summer sees them and she's really kissing him for real and she she then she notices that he's he thinks that it's part of the whole scam and dude it, i have this written down it isn't that she notices he, she ryan says to her yeah. the same advice that she says to seth yep she drums up this courage to go break the facade mm-hmm. she kisses him and it's a it's a magical kiss yeah and he sees summer and he looks at anna and he says is this all a part of the plan Yep, and, and I, I fucking lost it. My heart sank for her. Like it's just like you can oh, see so the, much. the disappointment on her face. That the interaction between her and Ryan is really good too. Like that, the acting is really good in that um, bit. Um, yeah, where well, know, part of it, I think Ryan and and Anna have this kinship because back at Cotillion, Anna was the one that saw through to Marissa. Ryan. Well, Anna, and she Anna's nudged tr- him. Yeah, Anna's a true outsider too, you know, like Ryan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> Summer gets pretty jealous in this episode too. I mean, it works. Um. Uh. Just so, time out. Yeah. Speaking of Anna working on Seth and Seth being clueless. And science lab partnerships. Yeah, yeah. The bit of lazy writing <laughs> was that so when Summer went away, Summer was sailing to Tahiti, which for An- Seth's Anna, entire Anna life was, was his. Anna was doing that, not Summer. Yeah, sorry. Anna, yeah, Anna. So Anna comes back, and it's obviously like, you know, probably third or fourth period where we find ourselves in the science class, right? Yeah. And. Anna's already done the, well, so Anna invites Seth. She's already given him the advice that you got to play hard to get or whatever, right? And then Seth gets up. You're too available for her. Seth gets up to give Summer the chair at the table. And Anna invites Seth to sit one cheek on the chair with him. Yeah. And that's when he says, oh, my God, I totally forgot. Tell me about Tahiti. And I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. That's the first question you ask her when you see her. Yeah. Like, if you're really about that life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, she has just come back yeah, from being gone all trip. summer. Yeah. Like, dog, you're hitting her with that question right away. I understand it's, you know, it's just that's what they had to use for that moment. It, but, like, it, I was smacked of, like, get the fuck out of here. Does, you're asking right away. It That does set up this great uh, summer gets to do a uh, that's cool if you're into that kind of thing in return where she's like she's like oh but she says something then she's like oh that's stupid it took you 20 days you could have just flown there and you'd get there a lot faster if you flew flew. 
<laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, that was a, that, that was lazy to bring it up then, but at least it led to that little bit of uh, information. So the whole episode's building to this carnival, and that's where some stuff goes down. And um, Ryan has said he will not ride the Ferris wheel because um, he's scared of heights, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they wind up on the Ferris wheel together, and this I think this is my favorite moment in the whole series. Um, they're riding the Ferris wheel and it's one of the best songs. I, I, it, once we do our rankings of all the songs, we haven't talked a lot about the soundtrack, but the soundtrack to the OC is great. And once we rank all our songs, you know, our top 10 songs from the, from the OC at the end of this thing, I think this one was going to be my top three. It's uh paint the silence by South. And it's the scene that where they're riding the, the, um, the Ferris wheel. And I remembered that song um, and that scene. And that of course they get stuck, you know, cause Anna pays the guy $10 to make the thing stop at the top. Yeah. And Ryan's scared and Marissa leans in for the kiss, you know, and this there's, a- there's, but the, the music cue right before that too, where, um, CND and Kirsten are having their moment. Oh is yeah. Yeah. Like, Back to back, two awesome music cues. Yeah, Solomon Burke uh, is playing um, when when Sandy and and Kirsten are reconnecting, and that's you know that's their one of their favorite artists. And that's a great song. And then yeah, this scene on the on the Ferris wheel and uh, the the opening strumming of that dun 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 dun, dun kind of happens right when they they kiss, you know. And yeah, it's just a great moment. And they finally they haven't kissed this whole time. Jackie was like, they kissed by the pool. I was like, no, they didn't. They almost did. Like, this is this is a milestone. This is the first time that they kiss. They really connect, you know. And I got to say. <laughs> yeah, Ryan overcomes his fear of heights in yeah. order to make things right with Marissa. But that was the overacting award for the episode. <laughs> The number of times that he made, you know, those dolls that look like <laughs> Christmas carolers. Yeah. He's like, he, <gasps> yeah, he made that same yeah. O face like 12 times. Yeah. Like as if he's falling backwards off a bridge, like waving his yeah. arms. Like, Whoa. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely that. But I mean, how do you, I, I don't know. You know, how do you, how do you do that anyway? Of course. He, he of needs course. To look, I mean, he's got to do a little bit. So you're just not going to know that he's like scared, but um, yeah. Also notable that like kind of progressive that she's the one that leans in to kiss him. Um, yeah, neat. Yeah, you know, you, you, oftentimes in in shows like this or or teen comedies, it would be the guy being you know taking initiative, and um, she's she gets to have the moment where she's taking action, and um, yeah. So this is uh, this is this was a big episode, you know. Yeah, an important one. Um, and it's had some of those moments that just make me go, oh, man, I love this shit. Yeah. Well, so are we ready for a little bit more of my minutia? Yeah, yeah. Go over all your notes that I didn't cover. Yeah, I mean, you covered a lot of them. Um, I uh, So let's, let's go back. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised you didn't note at the very top of the episode, your boy Seth gives Magic the Gathering a shout out. Oh, man. Yeah. Jackie was really excited. She was more excited than I was about that. She was like, oh. <laughs> it was like, uh, it was uh, it was talking about like, you got to have something like you got to play sports. Like, like Sandy talking about to Ryan, like you got to do something, you know? And Seth's like, well, I play sports. I, I love Magic the Gathering. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I uh, I did really love Sandy's reaction to Ryan when Ryan was like, well, so-and-so's got this, so-and-so's got that. Seth's got his women. And Sandy is just <laughs> stoned in his fucking shoes and says, Seth's got his women? Seth Cohen? Yeah. <laughs> Cohen? <laughs> <laughs> the great. undeniable and, and and somewhat unfair pride of the father knowing that his son was traditionally been, yeah. been isolated from the community having women yeah. um that's good. oh no think, that reminds me of another there's a good moment between uh sandy and uh ryan where ryan's being kind of his petulant self and sandy just shuts him down like he's he he goes into dad mode hard you know he goes hard into dad mode here's the thing that sandy does so well about dad mode he comes down hard on him and says look you can't afford this because we were one mistake away from losing you from them taking it from us yeah yeah and then and then but then he punctuates it on his way out he says i'd love to watch you play yeah when he's talking about coming to a soccer game that really hit me well, and it hits Ryan too. You can tell because nobody in his life has ever wanted to like give him the time of day, you know. Exactly, because, and as someone who, you know, well, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, just that uh, just sounded really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice to hear, right? It's it's it's, it's fiction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I've no relate no relation to that in my real life at all. Yeah, uh, keep keep going on your notes. I think I think as the season progresses. Uh, Ryan's leather bracelets are getting thicker. Like, yes, he has he was, a leather bracelet on. Usually, he's been with. Yeah, this one, this one seemed about a, about a half an inch thicker. So I'm wondering if by the end of the season, I've forgotten that he's just wearing a whole sleeve. These gauntlets, just these gauntlets with fingerless gauntlets. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last time I cried was when Macaulay Culkin died at the end of My Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, I think the soccer coach is trying to go for a Golden Globe and Best Supporting Actor. One episode. Yeah, that guy was in some other show. I think he was in some show with DL Hughley or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, in some comedy show. I there's this and and there's, there's just one more line reading in the episode. And most of these line readings are coming from Seth. I mean, he had a great episode. Yeah. And he did the thing at the dinner table if everybody's upset and he had this little funny moment, ha ha, whatever, <laughs> yeah. where he's like, you know, tries to talk to him. So, Ryan, how was your day? Okay, mom, how was your day? Okay, whatever. Yeah, but, so it's, it, he, he, he wants to say, okay, well, I'll just go fuck myself. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it was on HBO, that's yeah. what he would have said. But so Ryan told Seth that he saw Luke and Marissa making up. Mm-hmm. And he said that he saw Luke crying. And Seth has been terrorized by Luke his whole life. Yeah. The, the, right? Particularly the Luke and his his band of uh, water polo player friends. Always beaten up, getting yeah. called all sorts of names, right? There's one moment near the end uh, oh, where Seth says to Marissa right before the carnival, he says, no matter what, you got to go apologize. Yeah. And Ryan says, well, do I need to apologize to Luke too? That <laughs> says, no, let that cry baby drown in his own tears. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so good. It's just, it was the, probably the yeah. best line yeah, reading of the whole episode yeah. because it wasn't, he didn't lean in too hard. Yeah. It was just for people that are like, you know, really on team set. Let that cry yeah. baby drown in his own tears. 
<laughs> oh man, yeah, that's great. Them's all my notes. Well, it was that's a good episode. Um, and I and man, like I really did think this was the finale of season one. Not not. I mean, I realize it's not while I was watching it, but I really thought that Ferris wheel scene was in the fat finale, you know, which, oh God, yeah. have, if they had to drag that out that whole time, then yeah, it wouldn't be great. But now we get to see this interaction between Summer and Anna and all that stuff play out. So we're kind of moving into that storyline, you know, so we'll see. I was, I, I did love Summer in this episode. She just is just on fire, just, you know, not letting, not taking anybody's shit. Yeah, she she was she was in full fight mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, our episode for the week. So that was uh, episode nine of the OC season one. And I think how many episodes are in this season? I think there's twenty two. Okay, so we've got quite a bit more. We're we're almost halfway. Um. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, you can find us online at our shitty website iolts.com. You can find us on Spotify or anywhere that has podcasts that does not involve Apple. And I guess we out. See you next time. Have a good night.